Hi, welcome to the WellDoc podcast. We're medical students bringing you honest conversations with practicing physicians surrounding wellness in medicine. Thank you for joining us on this journey as we look to those in the field for direction and advice in achieving balance and wellness in our present and future lives. This month, we're excited to feature Dr. Susan Racklin, who is very well known to us as the Associate Dean for Student Affairs here at NYMC, as well as being an Associate Professor of Radiology. Before joining the Office of Student Affairs, she wore other hats, such as being the Program Director in the Department of Radiology and also Vice Chairman for Education in the Department of Radiology. Through all these years of teaching, she has received many, many excellence in teaching awards, and she has been a recipient of the Leonard Tao Humanism in Medicine Award, as well as being inducted as a faculty member into the Gold Humanism Honor Society. We're excited to have her here today to talk about her own experiences in wellness as both a clinician and an educator. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Doing very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for asking. So for those who don't know, this is the Well Doc podcast. And so we are speaking with various physicians, as well as some other medical students and some residents about the role that wellness plays in their lives, in the medical field, in the lives of the people that they interact with, which I think in terms of an educator's perspective, I imagine is something that you think about. And so I'm really thankful that you were willing to do this because as I'm sure you know, a lot of us look up to you as this sort of beacon of joy <laughs> and wellness. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I guess my first question uh, is sort of in general, when you heard that we were going to be doing a podcast on wellness in medicine, what were some of the first things you thought about? I think when anyone asks about wellness, that is a very, very large topic. I think that wellness means different things for different people. And I think the first thing that I thought about is what could I say to other people that other people could find their own wellness through. Um, and I think that there are many different ways to find that. And I think just being able to hear uh, about other people, I think is really important. But each person has to look inside themselves to find out what it means. So not only did I hope that I could say things that would be inspirational to others, but also look inside myself to find out what it truly means for me. What are three good things that happened to you this week? First thing I thought of when you asked that question is, I don't think I stop often enough at the end of each week to ask myself that question, mm. that I think that that is something that I should do more often because I think that that helps with wellness. I think too often we focus on the negatives that happen and we don't take time to think about those positives. So for me, I'm a warm weather person. So to see this 70 degree sunny weather, to know that spring is coming, I have weeping willow trees uh, at the front of my home and they are starting to bud. And there is a sense of calm, a sense of wellness that overcomes me anytime I see the trees starting to bloom because to me, it is a reminder of life. It is a reminder of hope. It is a reminder of beginning. And for me, that was a really good thing that happened this week. Second, my children are well. And they are not taking second place to the weather, but um, they are always uh, what drives anything that is good in my life. I say that I believe I have accomplished a lot. 
but my greatest accomplishment in life are my children. So the fact that they are well, that is good. Although COVID um, has not been good, uh, COVID did bring my children home to me, which is not something a mother expects with three adult children. So to be able to have them around at this age has really been wonderful. And then finally, if anyone knows me, they know I am a diehard sports fan. I live for my sports. Hockey uh, is probably uh, my most favorite sport, although uh, football will run a close second. And my New York Islanders are in first place. And that is a really good thing that happened this week. Then the second question that we ask is if you could tell us a little bit about what wellness means to you. Sure. Wellness to me means a state of peace, a calmness, that no matter what is going on in your life, in the world, that you can take in a deep breath and that you know it will be okay. And I think certainly with everything that's been going on in the world this past year, it has been essential to always take that moment, to take in that breath, to reestablish that sense of calm and know no matter what is going on, it will be okay. May I ask how that manifests for you in your day-to-day life? Literally with that breath, okay? Mm. Uh, There is that time where that deep breath comes in, I close my eyes, and I sort of just allow myself to reestablish that calm. And for me, that is an essential thing that I don't even know how many times a day that I do that. It's not even something that I think of anymore. It is just a part of my daily routine that I do. I just had meetings uh, with a lot of third year students as they are thinking about progressing to the fourth year. And I don't know how many breaths we took during the course of these meetings because it was with them, okay, let's take in a deep breath and let's just let it out. And maybe it's my years of being an aerobics instructor and sort of establishing that place. Uh, Maybe that's where that came from at some point. We talked about what wellness means in in general, and, and you mentioned the breath and the role it plays in sort of giving you that baseline. I'm wondering if you have other ways, either on a day to day basis, or perhaps on a longer time scale, that you work to find balance in your life? So balance is everything. Uh, Without balance, uh, you know, I don't think that there can be that wellness and that calm. And and so to me, balance is absolutely everything. People very often say, I don't know how you do all the things that you do. Um, And so I consider myself a part-time specialist. Um, I wear many, many different hats. Um, I love to cook. I don't, I don't even mind cleaning, um, you know, and so I I call myself a part-time specialist. And I think the key to finding balance and the key to being a part-time specialist is when you are wearing that hat, the person that you are with must believe that that is the only task and job that you have. And you have to be in that moment and you have to live in that moment. And at that moment, it can't be all the other things that you have to do. You have to be in that moment. When I am with my children, they know that I am their mother. They know that that is my job. And in fact, I think it was actually, you know, a really long time before they figured out that I was actually a physician, (laughs) you know, so, um, and I think that really is the key, uh, you know, to making sure that you have that balance is to truly live in that moment, to make sure that you are fully devoted uh, to the people uh, that you are working with. 
when I'm with my students, they have to believe my only job is that I'm a dean. When I'm with my patients, my only job is to be their doctor. And so that's why I consider myself to be a part-time specialist. Um, I think as far as other balance is I'm an exerciseaholic. Um, I always have been. Um, uh, if people want to know where I am first thing in the morning, you will find me on the treadmill. Um, I also love to read. Um, so that is my time, uh, unless I'm having meetings on the treadmill, which I do uh, probably too often. Um, but I will be there uh, reading um, while I'm on the treadmill. And I think that that is uh, another important thing for me, uh, whether you call it grounding or wellness or balance. And every once in a while to go for a manicure and a pedicure for rest and relaxation, I think is a good thing too. Do you think that your ability to be in the present moment and to make the people that you're with feel as that moment is the only moment? Do you think that that's an intrinsic capability that you have, or is that something you worked on? I think that it has to be somewhat both, um, but I do think it has to be worked on. And, and the word that I would use is to be able to compartmentalize. Mm. And I think that everyone in medicine must learn to compartmentalize because we have two halves of ourselves. We have our personal lives and then we have our work lives. And no one gets to go through life without um, issues coming up in their personal life, without family members being sick, um, and without wanting to devote the time uh, to those family members. Yet by the same token, you need to be at work, you need to see uh, your patients, and they need to have um, your full uh, involvement in their care, and they need to see um, a happy physician uh, who is there uh, for their well-being. Um, same with my children. Uh, when I come home after a very, very long day, they deserve to see a happy mother, a mother that is happy to see them as they are to see me when I come home at the end of the day. So I really think it's being able to compartmentalize and being able to put things in their places so that if I have things going on in my personal life, I will put it here. I will go to work do what I need to do. And then when I come home, I will unpackage that. When we were talking about wellness and that state of calm, I also do have a commute. And when I am driving and coming home from work, that is a time also to regain that calm, to let go of things um, that have been going on. So that when I do come home, of course, my children are grown now at this point, but when they were little and I came home, you know, I did ne never brought home what was going on on a daily basis. And so if there was one word that I would say that is so important for everyone is to compartmentalize. Mm. Um, all of the things that are going on in the, your life are important, but they cannot grow into each other or it will be just a, a ball of weeds and you will get trapped in them. Mm. Can we talk a little bit about your background in, in medicine? Sure. And so... <laughs> The first question is how you chose to pursue medicine in general, and then how you chose your specialty. So why medicine? You know, I think as anyone growing up, um, I probably wanted to be so many different things. Um, and going to college, I certainly was pre-med, but that didn't stop me in college from thinking of many different things also. I would have to say, I think I truly investigated many, many different fields. I do know that I always wanted to help people and certainly medicine was the best way that I thought that I could do that. But I love teaching. Teaching, uh, to me, teaching is breathing. 
and I, there was no way that whatever my career was, that that was not going to be a huge focus of what I did. Um, and in college, I actually really debated uh, long and hard between uh, pursuing education or, or going on to medical school. But I felt that medicine, with medicine that I could do both and that I would get the most, best of both worlds, uh, that I would be able to teach. Um, I would be able to help people through medicine. Um, and I thought that that was going to be uh, the best way that I could achieve my own personal career goals. Um, and then radiology came along. Actually, my first inkling about being a radiologist happened when I was 10 years old. Uh, my cousin is a radiologist, and I spent one weekend uh, at her house. Um, and my littlest cousin fell, um, and she was complaining of shoulder pain. So we all hopped in the hospital, and my my uh, aunt the film up and I said, wow, that phone is broken. She said, what phone is broken? I said, that phone is broken right there. Um, and she was so impressed with uh, the fact that I could diagnose a clavicular fracture, even though I didn't know what a clavicle was. Uh, and I came home that weekend and told my mother I was going to be a radiologist. But like everybody else, as we went through the third year, I investigated all of the different clerkships. And I have to tell you, I fell in love with surgery. I fell in love with the operating room. And if I could have moved my bed into the operating room, I think I would have. So I then spent the rest of the third year really debating, um, did I want to do surgery or did I want to do radiology? And I think at that point, first of all, I love radiology. Uh, you know, as much as I love my children, I will never, ever, ever regret my decision to choose that field. Um, but I do think a wellness decision had to come in there. Uh, there were many things I wanted out of my life besides my career, my three children who were unknown entities at that point, but there was a certain way I wanted to be a mother. And that was really important to me. It was as important to me as the career that I was choosing. And I felt I could get more out of my career as a whole with radiology. I could be in academia. I could teach. And yet I could also have a lifestyle that would allow me to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be. And radiology has been everything that I have wanted. I was a program director for 18 years and got to help countless number of residents by being a dean uh, in the medical school. I get to work with uh, so many students and help them um, as a physician, helping my patients and teaching um, uh, has been such a huge part of what what I do. I've never let go of teaching. Um, as I said, you know, teaching is teaching is certainly what I would consider wellness for me. Mm. Um, and then being able, you know, to come home uh, and cook dinner for my kids and be with them. So I guess it, it, in some aspects, I never looked at it as truly being a wellness decision. But I, I think there's certainly a part of it um, that had to be and uh, I think I've gotten the best of everything when it comes to my career. I'm wondering if you have any tips for those of us who know certainly that we want to have patients, perhaps that we don't want the singular patient interactions to be the entirety of our careers. Do you have any for tips on managing that or pursuing various paths? I think first and foremost is to find a career that you love. If you force yourself into a career because of the lifestyle that goes with it, I don't I don't believe that you will achieve career happiness. Mm -hmm. So you have to find that balance in finding a career that you love, as well as one that will allow you to get the other things in life that you are looking for. And every person is going to be different different for that. Um, not everybody um, wants to be a parent. Not everybody needs the time with their children that I had. 
So I think when you are making that decision, you need to plan out your whole life, not just your career, not just, I want this career. No, I want this career. I want this type of partner. I do or do not want children. I want to be able to vacation in this manner. These are my hobbies that I want to pursue. I think you have to think of all the things that you want in your life. And a phrase I always use is, you need to fit your career into your life, not your life Mm. into your career. If you try to stuff your life into your career, you might not be happy in the long run. Mm. Try to find a career that will fit into the life that you want. And then I think you will be able to be that part-time specialist. And I think you'll be able to find that career happiness. So I'm wondering if I could push you a little bit and ask you about a time in your career that you found most stressful and how you navigated that challenge. There is no question that has to be centered around times in my life when family members were ill, when family members died when there were other personal life crises, those are the things that are the hardest to deal with because those are the ones that are so emotionally challenging. And I think that you had asked me a question in this learning to compartmentalize. Was this something intrinsic in me or was this something that I learned? Um, And to share something personal, when I was a radiology resident, my brother passed away, my eldest brother. And it was around the time that I was studying for my radiology boards. And I could not just turn that off. I couldn't just stop studying. This had to be done. And I had to find a way to take the emotional grief that I was dealing with and put it here and be able to take my studying and put it here to be able to go to work to be able to interact with people, despite the fact that when the sun came up the next day and I didn't know why it was doing that, like, don't you understand what's going on? I had to find a way to do all that. And perhaps that really was my first moment of learning to compartmentalize um, and learning how to, when you have these family stressors that you are dealing with, to be able to compartmentalize so that you can still participate in all the facets of your life. And I think that's honestly what life is. Life is always what we learn from the moments that we deal with. And stressors are different for everyone. And the way in which people deal with those, I think really, one, helps them establish their own wellness and better helps them navigate things. So you mentioned that one of the most important things is finding a career that you love, as well as making sure that it fits your life as opposed to your life fitting your career. As someone who is very much looking forward to the beginning of my clinical education, I'm wondering if you have any tips for people who are in pursuit of finding something that they love. Throw yourself into every single third year clerkship with vigor, excitement, and looking at it as a possible career. Mm -hmm. You never know what it is that you will truly wind up wanting to do. You never know when the perfect career is going to be right in front of you. And if you don't just try everything out, try everything on, 
Um, you just have to give everything an opportunity. And also remember that even though you were doing seven core clerkships, and yes, you have your electives, you were in a hospital where every specialty lives. This is like being a kid in a candy store and all the candy is free. Go and try every, you won't get sick. I promise <laughs> you won't get sick. Go and eat every bit of candy that you can. When your patient goes to ophthalmology clinic, go with them. When they go for rehab, go with them. When they go to the radiology department, of course, go with them because that's the best place there is. Go everywhere. See everything. Test everything. This is a golden opportunity that will never come again. And reach for the brass ring and just grab it. Is there anything that you're involved in outside of work that has influenced how you view your work and career? I think dealing with people on an everyday basis, no matter what it is, whether it be your place of worship, whether it be your children, whether it be your friends, whether it be your children's friends, going through other people's stressors, other people's accomplishments, living those things with other people, I think really helps you in knowing then how to deal with your own patients, the students, the residents, whoever it is. So I, I think that that um, is one thing that I would say. I think I tend to be someone that people like to turn to, to talk to. Um, and certainly in my own family, you know, it's always, oh, call Susan. You know, Susan will take care of it. I'll talk to Susan about that. And I think that... Um, those are things that I would say that really helps me dealing with my patients, dealing with students, and just trying to help others. I feel for people. I feel deeply for people. I think that part of me might have had to have been an empath in another life because when someone is in pain, I feel pain. And, and I think those things, I think, enable me to do my best at helping others, which to me is why I did this in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, it's why I went into medicine. It's why I became a program director. It's why I chose to became, become a dean to help others. And I don't know if that was really an answer to the question, but it's um, what I thought of. So the person that I interviewed previously, he is in his fourth year of medical school at UCSF, and he's going to be a pediatrics resident. Uh, next year at Stanford. He just, as you know, just found out in the match. And we had a very poignant conversation about sort of the systemic challenges in medical education towards the mental health and well-being of, of medical students. And I'm wondering if you had anything that you would like to, to say about that as your role as a dean? Certainly. When I was a student, when I was a resident, this was not discussed. Hmm. To be able to know that this is not only something that is discussed on a regular basis, but this is something that medical schools care about, that our students are going on interviews, and not only do they not have to ask, but residency programs are offering up what they do for wellness, to me is such a marked change um, and such a recognition of the fact that we are human beings, we feel we have emotions. We need to be recognized for who we are outside of that doctor in the white coat. Uh, and the fact that that is now truly openly and honestly being recognized and being welcomed 
I think is something that is very important. I think we have a long way to go, but the fact that it is here, I think it is here to stay. And mm-hmm. I think it will only get better from this point forward. If there's one challenge that you think should be addressed on a systemic level or some sort of change that you'd like to see, is that something? I think the first thing that I would say would be for everyone to go inside themselves. Mm. We are people that put an enormous amount of pressure and an enormous amount of stress on ourselves. And we probably make it more difficult than it needs to be. We worry about everything. We want to control everything rather than letting things proceed and letting things happen and knowing that things will work out. What I tell students when I meet with them is stress is going to find you. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, stress will find you. Don't invite it in before it's actually welcome. And I think it, it, it most important if students could not bring stress in where it is not welcome, I think that in and of itself will help an enormous amount. I could go on and on about where I think facets could change, about ways in which I think the application process could be improved, the match process could be improved, the residency training process could be improved. But the other thing that I say is, currently this is our system. We have to work in our system. You should be the change you want to see in this world. You should try to make things better. But by the same token, you can't get stressed out by things you can't change. And if this is the system that you are in right now, you have to find a way to have well-being inside that. The stigma around mental health, around um, seeking a therapist, seeking a psychiatrist, um, utilizing medication help. Um, I do think that that is getting better and better and better. We have a long way to go with that. Um, but I will also remind people that therapy comes in so many different ways. Um, and you have to remember um, that therapy comes through exercise. Mm. And therapy comes through uh, moments of inward thinking, talking with your friends, even just sometimes talking to the person that's in that mirror. Um, but it, it, you know, I think that therapy can come in many, many ways, but the fact that, um, it is also being openly welcomed now, I think is mm-hmm. so incredibly important. Our penultimate question is if there was one thing you could tell yourself as a medical student, what would it be? You're making the right decision. Mm-hmm. As I told you, I had great debates, uh, over things that I wanted to do. And I think that everybody worries immensely about that. Um, And I would like to go to the college student that I was and say, you're making the right decision. Um, And the medical student that I was and say, you're making the right decision. Um, Move forward and Mm -hmm. it will all work out. I will say as step one looms its head in my life. Sometimes I I wonder, but I do think it remains. And as someone <laughs> who has been through that myself, I understand. And all I'm going to tell you is you need um, chocolate because it releases endorphins. You need ice cream because it makes you happy. And you need all those little things around that around you as you are preparing for step one because mm. um, it uh, it is a challenging time, but it is worth it in the end. And final question is, Mm -hmm. if there is anything that I didn't ask you about, 
that you wish I had asked? I think that question would be, what does the future hold? Because although I've had a significant part here, I hopefully still have a significant part here. I love to work. I uh, love what I do. And I would like to continue with that. I love to help others and that I can help others achieve what I've achieved, find the right path for themselves um, and find a path to happiness. Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. And you started by asking three good things that happen. Mm. I think people can't forget to find those little kernels of happiness for whatever that might be. Um, so for me, it, it's what does that future hold? I have three adult children that are embarking on their own careers, and I'm curious to see where their lives will take them. And I'm always curious to see where all the New York Medical College students will go and wind up. So for me, it's what does the future hold? And as I said, those trees are budding, uh, and that is a sign of life and hopes. That's what I look at at this time. That's what I look towards. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation um, and for talking with me today. I certainly gained good perspective and feel a little bit brighter after our conversation. Though, I must admit, the <laughs> sunny days are uh, are pretty great in and of themselves. You are, you're well, and I friend. have not gotten any vitamin D today, so Uh-oh. as soon as it's finished, I will head out and make sure to um, Perfect. take some deep breaths in the outside world and gain a little vitamin D. And I do thank you for asking. Yeah, I think one last thought is um, I would like to challenge both you and everyone who listens to this, which is hopefully uh, the entire school. (laughs) Okay. um, Give or take. I would like to challenge uh, you and everyone else who listens to do one week of tracking three good things at the end of the day. And... If you want an extra challenge, it would be to not repeat good things. So let's see how how long my islanders stay in first place for that one. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Thank you again for Dr. Racklin for how much she invests in us students. Thank you, Justin Nathan, for such a fantastic interview. And also thank you to the entire wellness committee at NYMC. I'm Wilson Zhang, the podcast editor. And until next time, stay well.